Good morning. Can you stand up? Happy Palm Sunday. Amen. Can you shout Hosanna to the King this morning? Hallelujah. He is alive. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, I am so glad to see you. You're looking good. Amen. And we are here today to celebrate the cross of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. that he paid on the cross. Amen. He is our Messiah this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
you for what you did for us, Jesus. We could never thank you enough. i
Pastor, today. Hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We just thank you for the cross this morning. May our eyes ever be mindful of what you did for us, Lord. Hallelujah. sing that band and team we're going to sing that acapella one more time and then I'm going to read a scripture and we're going to we're going to take communion but I want everybody I want you to close your eyes as you open the after you get the, the bread and the cup prepared y'all go ahead guys and let, let's sing it again at the, the cross, cross at the cross, cross where 
chapter 11 in verse 23 through 26 says this. For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed, he took the bread. And when he had given thanks, he, he broke it and he said, This is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the, he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Church, we're in the new covenant. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 11. We take the bread this morning which reminds you and I of prior of Jesus going to that cross. He stopped by a place called the whipping post and took those stripes on his back for your healing and for my healing. And so if you need healing in your body this morning as we bless this and as we take this, we're believing by faith that God, you're going to heal our body. You're going to touch us no matter what's going on in our body. You said by your stripes that we are healed. You've already paid the price. And I want all of us together as we take this, I want to pray over it. Father, I thank you for this bread. I thank you for the price that you paid prior to going to the cross for those stripes. I thank you for every stripe you took on your back. I thank you for those crown of thorns you took on your head. So Father, physically, mentally, spiritually, we can be well. And we take this in the name of Jesus. Church, let's take it together. As Christ makes his way up Golgotha's hill and was crucified, that day the blood stood forever that mankind was redeemed from all of his sin. And if you're here this morning and the Bible says for us to examine ourselves. So before we take this, we're all going to examine our hearts. And as they play that softly, I want you just to take a moment and I want us to examine our heart. Is it any sin in our life? Is any in anything in our life that would be displeasing to the Lord this morning? And if it is, we're going to ask the Lord to forgive us. I believe the Bible tells us that we've all have sinned. There's none righteous. No, not one. The Bible says that we all to come together under the cross and the blood together as a family. And so, Father, we ask you this morning, pray your own way. If it's anything in my heart this morning, Lord, that is displeased you, any sin, I am asking you this morning, Father, that you would forgive us. As a church, corporately, forgive us of any sin and individually forgive us. Church, let's take this cup this morning in honor of the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can somebody say with me this morning, hallelujah. Let's thank the Lord for the blood and the cross this morning. Amen. Let's sing this together.
more course. We're going to give him praise this morning. Can you say, worthy is the lamb? Just shout it out with me. Worthy is the lamb. Psalmist David cried out, Lord, we will bless the Lord, and with everything in us, we will bless your holy name. God, we will not forget all of your benefits. 
how that you have forgiven us of all of our iniquities. And the word of God says that, Lord, you heal us from all our diseases, Lord. And we're so thankful, dear God, for the power of the cross. We're thankful for the power that's in the name of Jesus and for the blood that was shed for us some 2,000 years ago, Lord, that covered a multitude of our sins. We thank you for that amazing grace. And Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your love for this church. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. One more hand clap for the Lord, not for anybody else, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. You can be seated if you can. Isn't it wonderful just to bask and be soaking in the presence of the living God when we come together? There is nothing like that, church. Nothing. Absolutely nothing like the presence of God. Wow. You just wonder how we're to go from here, huh? But we're so thankful, God, that you blessed us with your presence. On the on that way of announcements before our pastor comes to bring the word of God, we are going to be having this, uh, the 23rd of April. Men, if you'll please mark this down. Uh, we are having a fellowship breakfast. And the word is that we're going to have a special breakfast. Pastor John and Brother Jason have come up with an oven omelet. It's going to be very, very good. So you don't want to miss that fellowship time. It is at 8 a.m. It will be Saturday, April the 23rd. And in the back area of the foyer on the desk, there is a sign-up sheet. Why is that important? So we'll know how much food to buy. Amen? So we want you to come hungry, but we want to be able to have enough food for everyone. So if you're coming, men, please put your name on that. Brother Malcolm will be standing at the back of the church after service, and he will encourage you to sign up for that because we want you to be a part of that. And there are upcoming events as well, but any of these events, whether it's concerning men's ministry, the happenings here at the church, the women's ministry, right outside the door to your right, there is a, um, there's these little brochures that are out there. Pick one up on your way out so that you can be reminded of these events that are going to be taking place. And it looks like the ladies are getting ready to uh, have their last uh, women's Bible study today. Uh, it is still going on at 4 p.m. So she's, Sister Tammy's encouraging all the ladies that will to come out this afternoon and be a part of this Connecting with God, a guide to prayer. And uh, the upcoming event, of course, they have the next one. Uh, it'll be a women's gathering. She will have more information about that. That will be on May the 14th from 9 until 12. So keep that in mind. And church, we just want to say that we are uh, thankful for servants of the church, aren't we? When you serve the church, it is the same as serving the Lord. And sometimes serving the church can be getting your hands dirty, right? And so all those that came out and uh, was uh, participated and put effort and work into making the church look nice by spreading all the mulch out there, you know who you are. Can we give them a hand this morning? We want to thank you. Thank you for your service to the church and service to the Lord for doing that. And we also want to mention that next Sunday, Pastor, is that correct? Next Sunday, we are going to be doing a, um, it's called a, above and beyond offering so that means that you bring in your tithes and your offerings to the church and then over and beyond that we want you to be praying for God to speak to your heart about a special offering that we want to take up for the people of Ukraine amen how many knows that there is some just devastation and they are, there's horrible situations over there, and it's our way of giving a special offering through the Convoy of Hope, who will take those uh, distributions over there, and it'll be our way of expressing our love to them. Please keep them in your prayers, because, you know, we're in a country where we don't hear bombs and missiles and buildings coming down. We're in a country that's free right now. We'll be thanking God for that. But those folks need prayer. Amen. We need to bring that to the war room and start lifting up prayers for these folks. But we thank you for coming today. It looks great in the house of God today. 
thank you for coming. Thank you for your faithful giving in tithes and offerings. And just thank you for being a support to the church in your attendance. It's beautiful to see God's people come back together. There's nothing like coming together. We're better together. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we're better together. Amen. So we're going to have a prayer for our pastor as he comes. Aren't, how many love Pastor Kevin? He's a wonderful shepherd for this church. And for such a time as this, God has brought him to us. And we're so thankful for him. And I just want to have a prayer for him as he comes forward, okay? Lord, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing that's on upon his life. We thank you, dear God, that he loves this church. He loves you. He loves this community. He has a broad vision, God, that greater things are coming to this church and to this community. And we agree with him, Lord. We stand in agreement, God, that you are going to pour out of your spirit, not only upon this church body, but it's going to go outside the walls of this church. It's going to reach into the community, God, and you're going to bring people in. You're going to add to this church daily such as should be saved because we're believing that. But as he comes forth, Lord, to bring forth a... The message, we ask God that you would just drop upon him, Lord. Cover him with your presence. Cover him with the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And do not let any hindering spirit, Lord, quench anything that he may try to do this morning. God, we pray for the power of God to come upon him right now. In Jesus' name, give your pastor a, a, a praise as he comes. We love him. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Can you give the Lord Jesus Christ a hand this morning? Amen. Praise the Lord. we got a beautiful crowd here this morning. Um, I do want to mention, you cut my monitors down, thank you. Uh, I do want to mention at the end of the service that we will be having uh, prayer. Uh, Pastor Steve, again, will be, him and Wayne will be on this side, and uh, Pastor Tammy and Tina will be on this side, and uh you that were here last Sunday, uh, did you notice how the Holy Spirit just drew, uh, was drawing people to the to the altar to be prayed for? So at the end of the service, we are going to uh, we're going to do that again. Uh, and I want to say right up front, some uh, you might have a few that that work this afternoon, or you have somewhere that maybe you have to to go right after church. So during that that time. Uh, you're demissed and ready to, uh, to leave, but uh, please go quietly, amen, uh, as they're praying and ministering with people here uh, around, the, uh, around the altar. It's so good to see Kevin Watts here this morning again, amen. It's so good to see Mark Hayes with us this morning, amen, hallelujah. I don't think I'm missing anybody. Good to see Pastor uh, Jeff with us this morning. Let's give him a hand. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I do want to echo what Pastor uh, Steve has said about our uh, Beyond uh, offering next Sunday. Uh, be praying uh, to see what the Lord would have you to give uh, about our offering for the Ukraine. Continually pray for those people. They need our prayers. Amen. They need our prayers. Uh, we're going to talk for a few minutes this morning, uh, moving into uh, Resurrection uh, Day next week, and after taking communion this morning. What communion service is beautiful this morning. Uh, we're going to talk this morning as we move in, we're going to talk about uh, the cross of Christ. What, what did that cross represent? What did it really, uh, what did it really mean? And when we talk about the cross, we have to talk about and we have to confront the truth about the cross. Um, in America, it seems like we have uh, moved away from the truth about the cross. Uh, we have crosses that we hang around our neck. We have crosses upon uh, like we do up on the, the front of the church or on the, uh, hanging at the top of the church. There's crosses out in, in, in yards. There's crosses in so many different uh, places. But do we really know the, the truth about what the cross 
really means. Because when we confront the truth about the cross, we have to say the truth about the cross, it confronts. It confronts the sin in our life. We, we like the part about the cross that brings us life and life more uh, abundantly. Uh, we like what Christ did because uh, of everything that Christ brings to our life. But the true root of the cross, the truth about the cross before any of that, it confronts the sin in our life. Because John chapter 19 verse 17 says, They took Jesus therefore and he went out bearing his own cross to the place called the place of school, which is called in Hebrew Golgotha. The Roman cross itself was invented by the Persians later adopted by the Romans. Why? To punish wrongdoing against the government of that day. And when you were hung on a cross, they would beforehand hang uh, a sign around your neck saying the, 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 the poetry punishment was for. Later they would take that, that sign off and some scholars say they would nail that sign to the cross of what your punishment was. But the cross of Jesus Christ wasn't about so much about the government or what you did about the government. It was about the sin of mankind against God Almighty. So what the cross does, it reveals the truth of the cross, it reveals, it opens up, it opens up, excuse me, and puts a spotlight on the sin that's in our heart. That's what the cross, the truly, is what the cross does. Because, see, man has rebelled against God all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And we still today want to do our own desires. We still today want to go our own way, don't we? Paul teaches in Romans chapter 3 verse 23. He says, he puts it like this. He says, for we all have sinned. And come short of the glory of God. Let's say that together. We all have sinned. See, brothers and sisters, that, that covers all of us. Maybe you're here and you walked in the building this morning and you, you felt uh, uh, unworthy to be here. You, you may say to yourself, well, I, I, I walked in the building and, and this one is a better Christian than me or this one is serving the Lord better than, than me and I, I sinned last night and I did something this week. But truly, Paul wrote that we all are sinners. So if you're here this morning and you have, let's not allow condemnation or guilt to fill your heart because you're sitting among a people from the front to the back that we've all sinned. So the truth about the cross. See, the truth about the cross is we see the sin of the ugliness of the cross. Not only is sin real, but church, sin is ugly. Nowhere in the ugliness of sin is more evident than at the foot of the cross. They're nailing Jesus' hands and his feet to the cross. They are laughing and they're mocking at him. And at the same time stands Jewish leaders of that day 
under the ugliness of their own self-righteousness. Through their jealousy, through their betrayal, through their ridicule. So they're nailing Jesus to the cross. He's going through the crucifixion of the cross. Blood is streaming down his body. If that wasn't the ugliness of the cross, we still have Jewish leaders that are standing there in their own self-righteousness. Now, before you condemn the Jewish leaders, should I say there are times that you and I stand thinking we have this righteousness about us. I go to church this many times. I pay my tithes this much, and I give it into the church this special offering. And we make this list of what we have done trying to make our conscience feel that we are some type of self-righteous. But if I look at the Scripture once again, it tells me that none of us is righteous. So two things that we see, it's the ugliness of the crucifixion, it's the ugliness of the Jewish leaders. But do you and I not see of today the ugliness of sin? The killing of innocent babies called abortion. It can't be any uglier than that. Killing in our streets, families splitting up, children being beaten, starvation on every side. It goes on and on and on. The Bible says there's wars and rumors of wars. When you stop and look, church, it's nothing but the ugliness of sin. For sin has a deep, deep, deep ugliness to it. The truth is, you see the ugliness of sin at the whipping post. Historians tell us that a person that was taken to the whipping post, he was stripped of his clothing, tied to a post, and beaten until his flesh hung in shreds. Historians tell us that one of the most brutal punishments was the standard practice of crucifixion. The whip had a narrow strip of leather, which each piece had a bone or metal attached. It made a bloody mess. When they beat Jesus Christ. One writer said there was no maximum number of strokes to someone. The whipping could go on as long as the soldier administrated its wish. Men frequently collapsed and died as a result of this flogging. The Jewish historians... Uh, Joseph says the soldiers brutal with pride that the soldiers whip the rebels in Galilee until their intestines or internal organs showed. At the whipping post, Jesus Christ stood for you and I. The ugliness of sin from the cross, whipping post. What about the crown of thorns? According to the New Testament, a crown of thorns was placed upon the head of Jesus during the event leading up to the crucifixion. Matthew put it like this in Matthew 27. And they stripped him, and he put a scarlet robe on Jesus. When they had twisted a crown of thorns, they put it on his head, a reed in his right hand, and they bowed the knee before him and mocked him, saying, King, hail, King of the Jews. Can you picture? The crown of thorns, scholars say, when they twisted and made 
the crown, the thorns, they say, was up to three and one-half inches long. Now the soldiers would take that crown of thorns and they would place it down upon his head. And then they would, they would get down and they would bow before Christ. They would mock him and they would make fun of him. They would say, yeah, you're king of the Jews. Look at you now. The ugliness of sin. The cross reveals The sin in our life. But you know what, church? I think I did kind of poorly describing what it looked like. But I do want to say that he went through all of that just for you and I, Pastor John. See, what's so amazing about it is that if it would have only been you. I love this about Jesus. If it would have only been me. And the sin that separates me from my heavenly Father. If it would have been just me. He would have spoke to his son to go to the cross for Kevin. If it would have just been you, praise God this morning that he went to the cross for all of us. Come on, you got a better amen than that. Amen. I love the, whole, the old hymn. It says, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt that I couldn't pay. And I needed someone to wash away my dirty, rotten sins. Christ paid a debt that I could never pay. Thank God for amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but thank God I have been found by Christ. I was once blind, but now I can see. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, while we was to say still sinners. Say still sinners. Christ died for us. While we were in our sinful state, our sinful state of mind, our sinful state of living, how many of you remember the day that Christ saved you? Was you in a sinful state? I'm going to ask the rest of you, okay? <laughs> I know all of you wasn't choir boys and choir girls, okay? Uh, how many of you remember when Christ found you? I was talking to a, I was talking to a gentleman yesterday or the day before, and I, I thought, I was telling him, yeah, I was more or less trying to witness to him in a roundabout way, and I said to him, I said, you know. With nobody but me and him in, a, in this in the a garage, and I had him. I had him. I had him. He had been. He had had a few. Okay, it took a car to be worked on. He had had a few. They done closed up the garage, but for some reason, uh, he let me stay in there a little while before he got ready to leave. And uh, I thought that's a wrong mistake, buddy. We was out in the garage, and we was talking, and I thought, I said, you know, I said, for about a year in my life, 
I ran from God, and I ran around with some wrong people. And I said, you know, you know, he had taken the drink and stuff. I said, you know, I feel like that I'd either been in prison or dead by now if it would have been for the grace of God. He wiggled and squirmed a little bit. I said, you know, I told him the same thing all over again. He wiggled and squirmed a little bit, and I thought, I'm going to give it to him again. I think I left there hoping he understood a little bit of what I was talking about. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the, the world. We look at people in their state of sinfulness. But God said He, he loved the the whole world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever shall believe in him, listen, it said he's not, you're not going to perish. But the Bible says you will have eternal life. Jesus went to the cross so I could have eternal life with him. John 14, 1 and 2 says, says don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus went to the cross so I could have eternal life in heaven with Him. There's an old hymn that says, this world is not my home. Now, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My citizenship is in heaven. Can you say amen? My citizenship is not here on this earth. My citizenship is in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. William Miller put it this way. There is no more comparison to be made between heaven and earth than there is between a piece of Rusty iron and refined gold. Heaven is my home. Jesus Christ went to the cross so I could experience life and life more abundantly. His pain at the cross helped me gain new life. Because of the cross, Jesus opened the door to abundant life. Listen, saints, to abundant life down here. To abundant life down here. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 24 put it this way. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. Though we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And look at this. To gain so we could gain life. All of that suffering that Christ went through. Gave us life, new life down here. It was, it was to break the power of sin over our life. It was to shatter the enemy's plan for our life. It was to give us life and life more abundantly. Because of the cross, I can have life and life more abundantly down here. Satan has no right to my life now or forevermore. John chapter 10 verse 10 says the thief only comes to steal and to kill and destroy. We all would say amen to that. But Jesus said, I came. He said, I came. I came to the whipping post. They put the crown of thorns in my head. They, went, they took me up Golgotha's hill. I took the crucifixion. And I got up on the third day because it was done and it's finished. And now you have life and life more abundantly. I'm glad he chose the whipping post. But I'm glad also that when he went to that whipping post, he paid the price, brothers and sisters, for my healing. Can somebody say amen for our healing? First Peter, he personally carried our sins on his body on the cross so that we could be dead to sin and live for what is right. And he said, by his wounds we are what? 
we are healed. Remember last week we established the scripture through that healing is still for today. That healing is part of the atonement. That healing is part of the new covenant. God wants to heal you. Jesus wants you well. Jesus walked the hills and the valleys of Golgotha day by day laying hand on the sick and worry and healing them of all diseases, the Bible tells me. So today, Jesus wants you here. If you're under the sound of my voice this morning and you're sick and you got something going on in your life, physically, That day that he took those stripes on his back was for every disease known to mankind. He seen cancer over 2,000 years ago when they whipped his back. Whatever you've got going on in your life and you need healing, I stand to say today, that I believe by faith that Jesus Christ, and I know that I know by experience that God still heals today. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 16 and 17 says, And he healed all the sick. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah who said, He took our sickness and removed all of our diseases. And lastly, I want to talk just for a second on the crown of thorns that he took upon his head. He went through all of that punishment that day over 2,000 years ago. He wore the crown of thorns. For one day, we're going to wear the victory crown. Thank God for those crown of thorns because one day, we're going to wear the victory crown. Yes, we might have to go through some trials. We might have to go through some disappointment, Sister Betty. We might have to go through, through some difficulty, hurt, and pain. But the Bible tells me in James chapter 1 through 12, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trials, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those that love him. I would like to say that the crown of thorns that he took on his head. That one day you and I are going to be able to wear the crown of victory. If you're struggling this morning. Stay strong in your faith church. Don't give up. Because one day you're going to wear that victory crown. One day they're going to, through all the trials, through all the trouble, through all the hurt, through all the pain, through all the disappointment, through all, may I say, all the hell you've had to go through down here on this life, if you will fight the good fight of faith, don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Don't walk away from your faith. Because one day you and I are promised a victory crown. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6 put it like this. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. He said, I have fought a good fight. And I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. And I have finished my course. I've kept the faith. And in the future, listen to this, saints of God. Listen to this. But in the future... There is laid up a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. 
Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Hallelujah. I want us to stand this morning and I want every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. Thank God for the wonderful crowd that's here this morning. Thank you for honoring God's house this morning. Please, I would like every head bowed and every eye closed. If the worship team will just sing something just real, real soft. I want you, we've already, I know we've already did this in communion. But I want us to, to really just take a moment as they sing lightly. And I want us to say this, this, this prayer. I want us to say a little prayer like this. Lord, look deep into my heart. Take a spiritual magnifying glass and go and look deep into my heart any sin that you find I am asking you right now to forgive me if you're here this morning and you would say you know pastor I once walked with the Lord and I allowed this life and the things of this life and just some things I had to go through. I allowed my relationship with the Lord to kind of diminish away. And today, Pastor, I want to I wanna come back to Christ. There's no more beautiful time than to do that this morning. If you're here and you're like that, would you just quickly raise up your hand? Just quickly raise up your hand. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, sir. Wow. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, son. Thank you. If you're here and you've never accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, you say, Pastor, this morning... I want to do that. Would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand. I've never done that. Thank you, sir. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. And a lot of hands to go up this morning. I want you to, I want you everybody to look up at me before we say this prayer. We're going to say this prayer all together. But sometimes we just say this prayer at the end of service and the ones that have raised their hands maybe don't totally understand. But when we say it together, if you are, if you truly believe in your heart and you truly believe that Christ died on the cross for you and you truly believe that he took that sacrifice for you, then it's not just a prayer. It means that you have to turn away from your sin and you got to turn unto righteousness. That's what that means. So when you pray this prayer that I'm, I'm turning away from sin and I'm turning to righteousness, this is just not a ticket that I think to get me out of I'm making a commitment that I'm turning. So I want you to bow your heads and we're going to say this prayer together. Father, this morning, I admit that I'm a sinner. I confess all of my sins this morning. 